Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. Sometimes, sometimes, being a little on the crabby side has its uses. And I want to share with you something that happened quite a number of years ago, but maybe Maybe it will speak into some issues that ministry leaders are dealing with today. I was on a ministry retreat with women, and all kinds of crazy stuff can happen on those kinds of retreats. And that particular morning, I was in a group that was the second shift for breakfast. So as my group is walking towards the dining hall, we happened to say to the group leaving the dining hall, hey, what's for breakfast? And their response was garlic pancakes. Now, before I go any further, I just have to say this to you that anything, any story, any scenario that I share is something that happened from real life. I usually change the names to protect the innocent or guilty whichever it happens to be. But you never have to make stuff up. You never have to make stuff up. So they told us that they were serving garlic pancakes that morning. And I just kind of, you know, shrugged it off, let it go in one ear, out the other. And we headed into the dining hall. All of us sat. There had to be like eight at our big round table. And my best friend, and I'm going to call her Patty. That's not her real name. But my best friend, Patty, uh, was sitting next to me. And she took the pancake platter as the server brought it out, brought it right to Patty. Patty lopped on a couple of pancakes on her plate and she passed it to me and I took a couple and on and on it went. And I wondered whether what we had just heard was true or not. So my friend Patty happens to pour syrup. I'm watching this. She's pouring syrup on these pancakes and just dives in and starts chowing. And I said, so is there garlic in the pancakes? And she said, well, yeah, but my husband's Italian, so I'm used to it. And she, you know, and the idea of garlic pancakes with maple syrup on just made me cringe. It made me cringe. But I thought maybe it's not that bad since she seems to be woofing them down and she even went back for seconds. So I hesitantly put some syrup on, took a bite. I just couldn't do it. And the rest of the people at the table were being very polite about it. And I just, I couldn't stand it. I just had to know more. It just made me crazy. So when the server came back to the table, I said to her, so is the garlic in these pancakes on purpose? And I just waited for her response because she looked a little dumbfounded at that. 
And she said, let me check and left us. And we were close enough to the kitchen that in a matter of now maybe two or three minutes, there were gales of laughter coming from the kitchen. And what had happened was the garlic powder had been used instead of the baking powder. So I thought about the women who had done shift one and had ate the garlic pancakes. And so seemingly 50% of the women at this retreat had not asked what was up with the pancakes and just had, like my good friend next to me, just, I don't know if they all woofed him down. I mean, she woofed him down. She has said she had garlic and everything because her husband's Italian, so it was no big deal to her. But the other half of the women hadn't done anything. They hadn't said anything, and they maybe politely ate one or two or none or said, I'll have yogurt this morning. I don't know what they did. But someone, and in this case, it had to be me because I'm crabby enough to just say, hey, I want to know more about this. I want to understand. It took until me to have them discover the error in the kitchen. So I offer all this to you because it's a weird little story to start with, but secondly, because it is a version of the story, The Emperor Has No Clothes, and how everybody just nodded and went along with the status quo. And finally, it was some little kid that said, hey, the emperor has no clothes on uh, to discover the reality and the truth of the situation while everybody else is pretending that it's something else. Now, maybe this resonates with you already. Maybe you already know where I'm going with this. But in the church realm for too long, we've just been chugging along and not asking questions. If you're in the right denominational structure, and I won't call out any names here, uh, you've basically watched a decline going on for the past 40-ish years in participation and engagement with the church. Even when I was attending a church that had 400 or so in attendance, and I was back in the nursery because my youngest child was in the nursery, I noticed that a church of 400 only had four kids in the nursery, and that represented three families. And I thought even then, hmm, this demographic is a little off here. It's a little off. And as time went on, people just kept doing what they were always doing and never questioning anything. And here we are today dealing with COVID, which like drastically amped up the rate of change. And now many churches are dealing, well, with declined enrollment, participation, however you want to describe that. So where do we go from here is the big question. Once you've said, hey, there's garlic and the pancakes, the emperor has no clothes. Now we really have to face reality of where things are in the church. Where do we go from here? I think some of what needs to be explored, researched, are good questions. Learning how to ask really good questions about your situation 
and learning to follow through to figure out the the answers as best as you can. And in some cases, there really are not going to be concrete answers. I've seen plenty of articles about how people are not going to be coming back to church. I was at a church meeting last night where it was discussed that maybe 30% have returned and, and extended their involvement, continued their involvement, and just, you know, hunkered down. And maybe a third are kind of on the fence. And then you have this other third-ish that have learned to live without church, and they don't see the value necessarily in that, in attendance of church. They can, instead of take it or leave it, they definitely have decided they're going to leave it. This is a a truth-telling that needs to be explored. This is our version of The Emperor Has No Clothes, um, a version of this is reality. This is where we are at this moment. But that does not necessarily mean that this is where we will always be. What does need to happen is a reality check, and this is where we are in a time of grieving and lamenting over what was. And grief is a funny thing, uh, not funny in the ha-ha sense, but funny in the odd sense that uh, you're going to have to grieve and, and roll with the grief for a period of time, that things that were no longer are. And if you've ever lost somebody close to you, you know that there's no predictable pattern. You can say, you know, there's anger, then there's depression, then there's this, but you bounce around between and back and forth all of those different stages of grief um, as you're dealing with the new reality. So once you have dealt with this new reality, once you have grieved and lamented your situation, then, you know, God can move us forward. Hey, I would love to hear what makes you crabby or what might make you crabby on just the right day, you know, or maybe, maybe you know what makes your friend in ministry crabby. You could send that along too. send it to Margie at MargieBrice.com. That's Margie at MargieBrice.com. And that may indeed be fodder for our next session together. Do I happen to have the crystal ball or anything about what's coming next? No, I do not have that. In fact, I can't find anybody who seems to. And I think that's that's a good thing because what happens quite often is you find somebody's method or process that is working well for them and now they have a bazillion uh, church members attending on any given week and you know, you think, wow, okay, that whatever they're doing is great. So then you retrieve their method or process and try to implement it. And maybe you tweak it for your local environment, but you try to import the process and do that. And that really, you know, I'm not saying it's never worked anywhere, but I'm saying it really is kind of a marginal way to sort of follow Jesus. But in reality, I think what you're doing then is following the other person's process and the other person's 
way to go at things. And that's Mm. following a formula and not following Jesus. And I think today, while we go through a strong reality check and while we go through the grieving process and while we go through a time of, okay, now what? Uh, Where we need to go with this is some radical self-care so that we can be the people we need to be as ministry leaders so that we can listen intently for what God would have for us to do next, knowing that along the way, God does never leave us nor forsake us. But perhaps this is a slow and a quiet time for us to listen for the steps of the Holy Spirit so that we can keep in step with the Holy Spirit, so that we can be ready, willing, and able, so we can prepare ourselves and our hearts and the hearts of our people, encourage the the people God has given to us to, to lead and to foster and care for, give them a sense of hope for the future, which the gospel and scripture is replete with that. I'm someone who can at times be a little hope challenged. And, and at the same time, we have to remember that Jesus is our hope. And God's not going to leave us nor forsake us and has a plan. This has been a time of sifting and shaking for sure for the church. But as long as we have a strong understanding of where we are and we lean into becoming the people that God would have us to be, and that may require radical self-care where we slow ourselves down look at all the load of things that we're carrying and maybe assess and evaluate which things are not helpful for this time and then enable ourselves to be the people that can discern the voice of God asking us to step into that new thing and being courageous enough to step into it. So I'm a coach and I am ready, willing, and able to help you. Coaching is a different thing. It is not the same thing as telling you what you're going to do, but helps you to refocus and reframe and helps you to understand your ministry, your calling, your work that God has planned in advance for you to do. So if you need me, I'm here. In the meanwhile, steer clear of those garlic pancakes. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, Make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby pastor. <laughs>